Hey there, Braves fans. Welcome to another edition of State of the Braves. I'm your host, George McNair. It is really good to uh, to be back with you guys. I know it has been a little bit of a break. Uh, sorry about that. I was actually out of the country. Uh, I was in Italy for a week. I know that sounds really impressive. I, I don't go out of the country very often, so this was a really cool uh, trip to do. Kind of a once-in-a-lifetime time thing. So obviously it was hard to uh, watch the Braves a ton Uh when you're out of the country, not impossible. I did see one of the games with the Reds uh, live. Uh, you're six hours um, ahead of the U.S. when you're in Italy. So I watched that day game at night. But otherwise, it was pretty difficult to catch them. I was able to kind of go back and watch a good bit of those games. Uh, and, uh, of course, I was back um, to watch the latest Marlins game, uh, which was a very fun one to watch. Uh if every game could be like that game, it would be uh, pretty less. Uh, it would be less stressful as a as a fan, but also a lot of fun. But of course, they can't all be that way. But man, the Braves have been crushing the ball lately. It is really fun to watch. The month of June has been an incredibly successful month as the Braves have really begun to separate themselves from not only um, the National League East in a lot of ways, even though the Marlins have played pretty well in June as well but also just baseball, the rest of baseball in general. Um, really, the Braves and Tampa Bay and maybe Texas seem to be the class of baseball right now. Uh, but it was definitely a fun month of June. Uh, let me just go into a few things as, as I kind of break down how good the Braves have been this month. And not to toot my own horn, guys, but I knew that this, uh, this, uh, this month was going to set up pretty well for the Braves. There weren't a ton of really good teams that they would be playing in this month. Uh, if you'll recall, May was kind of a slog to get through. The Braves were only 15 and 14 in May. But as the schedule turned, uh, the Braves began to play better baseball. Uh, but they also had an easier schedule, and they definitely beat up on the teams that they should have beat up on. The, the only uh, thing that we did not see coming in June was how good the Reds were going to become. So that was a an interesting showdown of good teams. Uh, but other than that, the Braves really beat up on some some lesser teams in this month. Uh, the Braves had the most home runs in a month in National League history. So historic stuff, guys. 61 home runs in the month of June. The Yankees are the only team to better that. And I think there should maybe be an asterisk by this. The Yankees had an insane 74 home runs in a month in uh the year 2019 and you'll recall that that season was the uh, supposed juiced ball year uh, most people accept that the ball was juiced in that year just because home run totals were so abnormal in that season so 74 I mean you know the number is just absurd when you start to think of how many home runs the Braves hit a team hit 13 more uh, it's kind of kind of crazy nonetheless uh, they set the the nationally home run record at 61 and they do so in resounding fashion as they had six home runs last night in the last game uh, in the calendar month of june the best record in baseball for the month of june the braves went 21 and 4 in june just an incredible run of games and of those four losses three of those losses were by just one run uh, it's easy to see actually if you go back to those losses the braves probably could have or should have won two of those games um, teams came back 
and beat them. But, you know, it's hard to complain about about those losses when you win 21 of 25 games. Uh, the best record in the National League by five games. The Braves have um, a five-game lead over every other team in the National League. They sit at 54 and 27. Only Tampa Bay has a better record in the major leagues. Uh, Tampa Bay right now is 57 and 28. Kind of weird that Tampa Bay has played four more games than the Braves, though the Braves have had a couple of rainouts. Um, so that's only percentage points ahead of the Braves. Uh, so obviously they've, they've lost one more game, but won three, three more. So, um, yeah, we know Tampa Bay is really good, you know, but I do want to say, um, of course, Tampa Bay had that incredible beginning to the season, but I do think that that, uh, that start of the season, of course, those games count as well, but that start of the season might cloud, uh, you know, what is now. I mean, I would say, um, you know, the Braves have, have played better baseball, uh, since the first two weeks of the season. And I wonder if Tampa Bay really is quite as good as their record suggests. I think they're a good team, don't get me wrong, but I do wonder if some of their numbers and some of their record is maybe a little elevated um, compared to what is reality. Uh, nonetheless, we reached the halfway point of the season with last night's game. And uh, so projections are really easy when you're exactly halfway through the season, 81 games in. The Braves are right now on pace for 108 wins. And that is particularly remarkable when you consider uh, that they have accomplished this basically without Max Fried and Kyle Wright for the, senior, for the season. Um, you know, if, if you had told anyone that the Braves would lose these guys for at the very least the first half of the year, um, I, doubt, I doubt many people would have thought that they would be on pace for 108 wins. But, uh, you know, they've had a good, maybe not great, but good bullpen. Uh, they've had several guys step up in the rotation, especially Bryce Elder, that you maybe not would not have seen coming. And then, of course, their offense has been off the charts, especially in June. So it's been a team effort in a lot of ways. Ronald Acuna is, you know, number one on the list of guys who have just exploded offensively and done some incredible things. So, uh, but it's not just one guy. I mean, the, the Braves are a deep team, especially deep offensively. And it does make you think, what could this team look like if they get a healthy Max Freed back for the second part of the season in the playoffs? Um, I kind of stumbled upon this, but I was going through the baseballreference.com page. And they have um, uh, percentage chances of teams making the playoffs and that sort of thing. So I thought it'd be fun to look at those numbers for the Braves. And they're very favorable, favorable for the Braves right now. So the Braves currently have a 99.9% .9 chance of making the playoffs. This is a good this is good news. They would have to implode on a historic level to not make the playoffs at this point. Um, interestingly enough, the Mets only have a 1.4% chance of making the playoffs at this point as their season continues to go down the tubes. It is quite amazing to think about that team and the millions upon millions of dollars that they put into their club and it has not paid off in any way shape or form and, and Braves fans know this it, it feels like uh, baseball just many teams don't don't figure this out it's not easy to just plug in good players who've been good in the past and assume that a baseball club is, is just going to gel and succeed 
Uh, we see that with the Mets. We've also seen that with the San Diego Padres this year. You have these great players, and yet it doesn't, it's not cohesive. It doesn't coalesce together as a great team. And, you know, when you have 162 games and guys are with each other, um, you know, constantly for six, seven, eight months, they need to be able to get along and play well together and, and, you know, encourage each other. And we see the Braves do this so well and have done this so well really since the early 90s. Uh, they know what what it means to build teams and kind of get better as the season goes uh, and get closer as a team. And uh, that's what they do. And uh, some of these other teams, particularly when you bring a lot of free agents in at the same time, uh, it's not easy and it's certainly not guaranteed that that team is going to play well together. Um, and sometimes they're going to play below what they really are capable of playing. Uh, but anyways, poor, you know, I'd say the poor Mets, but I'm not feeling bad about the Mets, guys. All right. Um, the Braves also have a 98.9% chance to win the division. That is incredible. That that number was pretty incredible to me. I think part of that is a belief in the Braves, and some of that is seeing the Marlins are probably going to come down to earth a little bit more. Um, oh, by the way, I meant to mention this to you. So this the all the playoff odds that BaseballReference.com has, this is based off of uh, a 1,000 simulations and the last 100 games played for each team. Okay, so just giving you a little bit of, these aren't just plucked out of thin air, or some guy in a room coming up with these. All right, um, so the Braves have a 41.4% chance to win the pennant. That also is a really high number. The Dodgers are the next closest team at only 17.2%. So um, the Braves are looking right now, of course, as it stands, the Braves are looking incredibly good. Um, and um, it, it sure seems like they are the best team, at the very least, the best team in the National League. All right, and then the final number, the Braves have a 21.7% chance to win the World Series. That is the best in baseball. Of course, you see all of these um, you know, power rankings and things, and Tampa Bay uh, has been consistently number one for a while. Tampa Bay is the next closest team at 20%, and the Braves and Tampa Bay have by far the best percentage chance according to this uh, simulation. Uh, so could a... Uh, Braves, Tampa Bay World Series be in the mix. Yeah, maybe. Uh, of course, Texas has also been really good. I like Texas. I think they might actually have a better team in the long run than Tampa Bay, but obviously that is yet to be seen. Um, you know, things can go really right for the Braves um, or really wrong. I mean, as we know, baseball is uh, a long season, and uh, we've also seen some really tough things come down the pike, the Max Fried injury being one of them. But um, but things could fall right for them, and uh, and obviously uh, the thing the Braves has going for them is the depth. You know, if a, one or two guys were to uh, fall with injury or you know get into a prolonged slump, there's a whole lot of a lot of guys on this team that could fill the void with their great play. All right, just a little bit of Braves news: uh, the All Star starters were named this week. I uh, hope you guys had a chance to vote. You know, Brace, I just appreciate Brace fans. Brace fans vote. Brace fans are engaged. Uh, I think we always have been, but particularly with this, you know, the last five years uh, and, of course, a World Series run, I just think Brace fans are really engaged, maybe more than any other fan base in baseball. We also know that the Brace fan base is na nationwide. You see that when the Braves go out 
on the road. There's always a ton of Braves fans in the stands. So they are showing up to vote. Uh, Ronald Acuna had the most votes of any player in, in any league. That gave him a guaranteed um, starting spot early on. And then it came out that Sean Murphy and Orlando Arcia were also named all-star, all-star starters. Uh, this is the first selection for Murphy and the first selection for Arcia. And it's particularly got to be special for Arcia being a guy who, you know, he came up as a top prospect, had struggles in Milwaukee, eventually gets traded and is relegated to AAA basically for a full season and then is a backup for the Braves for two years. And then here he is. I mean, we all know the story of him getting the, the starting nod uh, at the end of spring training this year. And to turn that into not only an all-star appearance, but an all-star start is just quite remarkable. He's actually hit a little bit of struggles in the last couple weeks. I think his average is right down around uh, 300. It's been as high as in the 330s this season. So I, I do wonder if maybe he's starting to feel a little bit of pressure now that he's been named an all-star. But, who you know, part of me is like, who cares? I mean, he's been way more than I think even the Braves could have expected this season. I hope he can continue it throughout the, the entirety of this season and that really cheap contract that the Braves were able to get for him. He's signed for two more years at really cheap money. So, But just awesome for him. I know that um, a lot of people say he's one of the favorite Braves in the clubhouse, and he brings a lot to the team, not just on the field. So great for Orlando. Uh, he was also helped by the fact that there really is not another National League shortstop that's playing well this season. So that might be part of it too, but but he had a huge, um, huge gap between his voting totals in number two, which was, I think, Francisco Lindor. Uh, so again, Ronald, Sean Murphy, uh, and let's not sleep on him either, had a has had a tremendous start to his Braves career and Orlando Arcia well, are all very deserving, number one, and they will all three be starting for the National League All-Star team. I also started to think who else could make the team. The team will actually be announced tomorrow, uh, July 2nd in the evening, I think on MLB Network. Um, and the guys, you know, as I was going through, I project actually four more guys. So that would be pretty impressive for the Braves to have seven all-stars. Sometimes, you know, because of the all-star um, requirements for every team to have an all-star, you might have somebody be left off, uh, you know, of a team like the Braves just because you have so many. It ends up that a Brave might get no uh, knocked off of the roster. But I project Matt Olson, Ozzy. Uh, Strider and Elder to all make the team. I think Olsen and Ozzy are, are kind of sure things. Elder probably as well. Strider, the only thing, you know, if you have um, somebody looking at his ERA, you know, it's a higher, higher ERA for an all-star. I think he's around 3.7 ERA, but he's leading the league in strikeouts. He's a top 10 pitcher in the major leagues in whip. So I think ultimately he will be there as well. So that that's seven dudes. And I think you also could see Riley, but because I think in other years you might see him, even though he's had some struggles for him, he still has decent numbers, but because there's so many other Braves that are deserving, I don't think Riley's going to make the team this year. There are a few other 
third base options that are, are right around the same value as Riley. So I think he's going to miss out this year. All right. Other Braves news. AJ Smith Shaver was sent down uh, after a couple of less effective starts. Of course, he came up and, and pitched pretty well. But look, he's 20 years old. And I think this was a scenario where the Braves wanted to see what he had. But they also probably understood that Mike Soroka was going to need uh, a few more starts in AAA to iron things out before they brought him back up uh, for the second time. And that's exactly what happened. Soroka gets the call as Shaver gets sent down. Um, and we'll get into Soroka and his outing um, last night here in a minute. Uh, the other bit of Braves news, Dylan Lee was also transferred to the 60-day injured list. So, you know, this is he's one of the Braves' better relief pitchers, so this hurts for a little bit. This means he will be eligible to return in mid-July, right around the same time that Max Freed, if all things go well, could get back. So the Braves could really get, if both these guys can come back healthy, could really get a shot in the arm, uh, maybe a shot in the left arm, uh, for if Dylan Lee and Max Freed can come back at the same time and be added to that pitching staff. So hopefully all things will go well there. All right. So let me go through. I'm not, uh, it's been almost two weeks, guys, since I've been with you. And again, I really apologize for that. But, you know, uh, it was hard for me to, to figure out a way to do any, uh, any episodes while I was gone. So that being said, a lot of games and a lot of things have happened since then. I'm not going to recap everything, but I do want to go back, just talk very briefly about the Red Series and the Twin Series, and then we will we will get into last night's game against the Marlins. So, you know, the the Red Series was just this back-and-forth slugfest. I think one thing that you take away from the Red Series is the Reds are, I think, probably for real. Um, they're probably a playoff-caliber team. Uh, the NL Central is down, you know, but you have the Reds and the Brewers and the Pirates all kind of vying for that that top spot. You're not going to get a wild card team out of the central more than likely. Uh, maybe you would, but more than likely not. Uh, and since he definitely looks good. And of course, Ellie Dela Cruz has come up. He hit for the cycle against the Braves in one game. He just looks like this incredibly dynamic player, kind of a left-handed Acuna in some ways. I'm not going to put that on him yet, but I mean, definitely in terms of speed and power combo is pretty impressive, but the Braves are able to take two out of three, from Cincinnati, and every game was back and forth. You came out of that series with the bullpen just being totally taxed. Um, and we know that uh, Cincinnati's ballpark is is kind of ridiculously small. So you, you have a ton of home runs from both teams in, in that series. But, yeah, I mean, you do come away with that, saying the, the Reds are a pretty good team. And uh, they certainly played the Braves tough. Braves could have won that first game, but since he came back in that game and then the Braves were able to take the next two. Um, so coming off of that series, the Braves very impressively are able to sweep the Twins. The Twins are, I think they came into this series leading the um, the AL Central, which is also down. I don't know why this, both Central um, areas are just, they don't have great baseball right now, but um the Twins are, were right about 500 coming into this. Uh, so, you know, a decent team, but definitely not a great team by any means. And the Braves took it to them. So in game one, you have Spencer Strider pitching really well. And this is 
obviously super encouraging. Seven innings pitched, 10 strikeouts, only one earned run off of a Joey Gallo home run, uh, solo home run, obviously. And Strider, it just appears like he's figured a couple things out to right the ship. He's had two solid outings after, uh, you know, several really not good starts and two particularly bad starts for him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you got to feel good about that. You also have Azuna and Acuna going deep in the seventh inning of this game uh, to put the Braves up for good. The Braves win this game four, four to one. So, yeah, Strider, you know, he is the, the thing when I watch him now, okay, why is suddenly he kind of back to what he was doing before these struggles? Well, he's, I think he's probably has made some kind of mechanical adjustment. He is spotting his fastball much better. I told you guys that I think that was one of the, the biggest issues uh, was there was something happening where not only was his velocity down, which a lot of people, you know, are going to harp on that a little bit more, which is fine. But, you know, the velocity is down, but also that fastball is in the, more in the middle of the plate. And if you go back and see Strider at his best, he's able to spot a 98, 99-mile-an-hour fastball on the corners of the zone. And he was doing that a lot more in this game. So you have velocity back up, but also command of that pitch is where he needs it to be. Uh, and when he can command this, the, the fastball, then the slider is going to be way more effective. He's going to get way more swings and misses off of that, which he was doing in this game. And he also threw the changeup a bit more in this game, which, you know, I don't think the changeup is an incredibly special pitch for him, but if he can throw it, uh, you know, basically where it looks like, a, you know, obviously it looks like a fastball, maybe dives just out of the play, out of the zone a little bit. Um, and he did get some swings and misses off of that pitch as well. So uh, I think he's figuring out his pitch mix a little bit better, but it all works off of that fastball command because the truth of the matter is teams, and you have to play it this way, and this is generally how hitting works. You have to work off the fastball. Well, Strider has an elite, elite fastball. So hitters are going to come to the box just selling out for that fastball. And so if he gives it to him at 96 down the middle, they can hit it. If he gives it to him at 98, 99 on the corners, uh, they're not going to hit it. and they're, Or they're at least not going to hit it with any kind of authority. You might see a couple of bloop hits the other way, um, which you saw in that game. But, but that's about it, and you can deal with that. So, yeah, it's, it's great that Strider seems to be back on the horse there. All right, game two. Uh, the Braves hit four home runs the, in this game. They, they definitely came out firing in, in just a barrage against the Twins starter in this game. Acuna, Riley, Murphy, and Harris all hit home runs, and they all hit them within the first two innings of the game. Um, and then you get another solid start from Bryce Elder. So a lot of good things here. You know, I just would highlight Riley. I think he's starting to come out of it again. You know, it's, it is uh, a little frustrating that he seems to be this player who just comes in waves of two bad weeks, maybe three bad weeks, two really, really good weeks, and just this up and down. And I know that he would like to get out of that uh, where he can be more consistent. But but that being said, I do think he's coming out of it. He's had a couple home runs and is driving the ball uh, in that right center gap a lot more recently. So he looks good. That's really encouraging. So I actually expect him to have a nice run leading up to the All-Star break here uh, in the next two weeks. Um, and, of course, you know, all, all four of those guys I mentioned 
are just hitting the ball really well right now. So encouraging stuff there. And then game three against the Twins, you get this spot start from Colby Allard. A lot of people thought Mike Michael Soroka would be brought up for this start. The Braves hold off for a couple more days for him. So Colby Allard, who we have not seen yet this season, uh, he had an oblique uh, you know, sprain or tweak or whatever you call it. Uh, at the end of spring training, he actually pr- pitched pretty well in spring training, and he had s- shown some good things in AAA. Uh, he has not had a great major league career after coming up with the Braves and then being sent to Texas. Uh, he sits around 91, 92 with his fastball, but he looked fresh and he looked good in this game. He didn't go deep; he only went four and two thirds innings, but eight strikeouts, which is very impressive. I think that was a career high for him. No earned runs, only one walk. He probably could have gone deeper in the game, but Snicker took him out. I think he only threw about 71 pitches. Uh, but this is also encouraging. I don't know how many starts the Braves need from Allard, but if he can give them this or even a little worse than this, you know, give me five innings and two or three runs, and we're going to be we're going to be happy with those performances. So the Braves have sent down Schuster, by the way. So it looks like Allard um, and Soroka they're going to roll with them for a little while. Um, so. Allard gives up no, uh, no earned runs. The Braves actually shut out the Twins in this game. Matt Olson goes deep uh, again late in this game as he, you know, he had hit a, several home runs in Cincinnati. He goes deep in this game, another one to uh, center field, uh, left center field. So Braves take that one three nothing. All right, so that leads into what looked like, yeah, you know, I mean, this is a showdown between NL East you know, top team in the Braves and the second place team in the Marlins. I'm sure the Marlins wanted to come out in this game and make a statement. The Braves have basically owned the Marlins over the last several seasons, and it did not start well for the Marlins at all. The Braves mash six home runs in this game. Uh, there were a lot of runs. Uh, I think five runs were scored in the first inning. As you guys know, the Braves seem to be, for whatever reason, they are really good at scoring runs in the first inning. So, yeah, six home runs. You get two home runs from Olsen, one from Rosario. Riley, Murphy, and Acuna each hit one as well and um, just kind of bury the Marlins. Braves end up scoring 16 runs in this game, and this was the return of Michael Soroka. Of course, you guys know he came up um, at the beginning of June, made two starts on the road, was sent back to AAA, uh, he gets recalled after pitching. Actually, he's had three really good starts in AAA, so very encouraging um, him coming into this game. And he pitched well, and this was his return to Atlanta. So, guys, this is his first start in Atlanta uh, since 2020, and the broadcast made the point that that was not in front of any fans, of course, in 2020. So he hadn't pitched in front of Braves fans at home since September of 2019. It's just insane how how long of a road he's had to come for this moment. And he pitched well, guys. It wasn't perfect. He had one bad inning, but five good innings. So he pitched six innings, gave up three earned runs, seven strikeouts, no walks, and uh, he did give up two home runs, both in that third inning where things just seemed to fall apart on him a little bit, but he, he was able to get back on it and go go six innings. So, you know, I made a point one or two um, episodes ago, the Braves have not had a ton of quality starts, meaning at least six innings pitched, three runs or less. So this is the quality start from Soroka. Uh, 
after getting a really good one from Strider and a really good one from Elder recently. So the, the starting staff has seemed to uh, also, it's not that they've been bad, but they haven't been going really deep lately. Well, now they've started to go a little deeper. Soroka actually, you know, the, the benefit of Soroka is, is he tends to go deeper into games. He has, uh, he is pretty efficient with his pitches. Um, and so that, that being said, this was a really solid one from Soroka. The third inning was where he struggled. Uh, it just looked like his off-speed pitches. I, he left a changeup up in the zone for a two-run homer in this, uh, and then Soler also hit a, a hanging slider off of him. His fastball and and um, sinker were both very effective in this game. And you know, I always look for uh, body language on pitchers. I, I mentioned that to you guys early in the season. Mentor, you could just read his body language, his lack of confidence maybe or whatever. And Soroka kind of appeared that way too in his first two starts. And in this start, he was really hopping off the mound and he just looked good. Um, like he feels like he's back. And I really hope that is true and he can sustain this long term. Obviously for him, it would be awesome. For the Braves, it would be incredibly beneficial for Soroka to be this good for the rest of the season. So, uh, yeah, he looked way better. That fastball velocity was up. Uh, he was he was more like 92, 93 uh, in those road starts. Um, last night he was more 94, 95, and he, he hit 96 a few times. Uh, but not just velocity. The movement was better, and the command was better. He dotted the corners quite a few times uh, and for a couple strikeouts as well. So everything was looking much better for Soroka, and I'm really encouraged by this start, guys. You guys know I'm a huge fan of him. I don't know any brave who's not pulling for Michael Soroka. And, um, so, and they need him, right? Uh, they, they need him. Um, especially the back end of this rotation has been a question mark. So anything he can give them is, is just gravy. All right. So let's, let's shift to the Braves offense for a few minutes. How have the Braves been able to find another offensive gear in June, right? They were already a top five offense in baseball really coming into June, but they have been, on an elite level, um, basically better than any team in this month. And I'm focusing, and you've had a lot of good play from basically almost everybody in the lineup. Um, but three guys particularly that I think if these guys are going uh, and continue to go at this rate, uh, this offense just cannot be stopped. The number one guy is Michael Harris. As you guys know, he struggled mightily, you know, two separate injuries, had a weird start to the season, but really, really struggled through the first part of June. But in the month of June, Harris has hit 372 with five home runs and 14 RBIs and with only a 12% strikeout rate, which is very low for him. Uh, of course, what that means is uh, it's simple. He is, you know, swinging at strikes. He's laying off of balls and he's getting better pitches to hit because of that. And he's doing damage. He's staying on the ball longer, and this, of course, helps him do all of this. And he's also doing damage off of off-speed pitches, which has been the pitch that has typically give him more trouble. But that home run he hit against Minnesota was an off-speed pitch. Uh, I've seen him, uh, you might have noticed this, guys, several of his hits is where he's really staying on the slider longer and, you know, is able to, to hit it into um, right field, right center field. 
So just a really good, really good uh, month, obviously, for Harris after such a struggle. Uh, raised his batting average from 163 to 266. That is, that's remarkable, right? To be able to pull up your batting average by over 100 points in a one calendar month. Uh, and what this sets up for him is, I mean, it was looking like a lost season for Harris. And instead, he's just, he's grabbed it back to, you know, he could have a great season again. Um, I mean, if he continues to hit this way, I mean, he's probably not going to hit 372 for the rest of the season. But even if he can hit around 300 for the rest of the season, right, he ends up maybe in the 280s or 290s in a batting average and, and you know, maybe getting to 20 home runs or something like that. So he's really gotten his season back on track and uh, that's all good for the Braves because they were not getting much value from center field up to that point all right the second guy Eddie Rosario he has hit 325 with nine home runs and 22 RBIs in the month of June and Eddie has a 12 percent walk rate uh, in the month of June his his strikeout rate is actually higher than it is uh, for for his career not by a lot but so he's striking out a little bit more but he's walking a lot more than usual. Um, and again, what does this mean? Uh, he is laying off of balls. You know, Eddie, if you watch him sometimes, especially when he's really not going well, he'll swing at balls that are, you know, he'll he'll swing at 58-foot curveballs, and then he'll swing at uh, a fastball that's at his neck. And he's not really doing that right now, right? He's laying off, and he's swinging at strikes. And when he does that, he is a, an elite bat-to-ball hitter, and he hits the ball hard, and you're just seeing that uh, come to fruition with Rosario in this month. This is really his best stretch since we know he was just on fire for the 2021 postseason, and it's really good to see from, for him. He had a long stretch of struggle right, with the eye issues and, and even just coming back from that, so he seems to be fully back as well. So this is a another really important uh turn of events for the Braves and um, you know the the last uh, since it has been a little while since I've been with you guys the last episode I did I was questioning uh, you know should the Braves start looking at left field at the trade deadline because Eddie was not giving them tremendous value I mean he was basically a zero war player at that time so uh, maybe I doubt Eddie heard me maybe he heard me but thank you Eddie for uh, for just uh, taking that and, and just going off. And uh, he definitely went off in the month of June. Hopefully he can continue that uh, that kind of play as well. You know, I actually think he is a fringy, I didn't mention him, but he's actually maybe a fringy all-star candidate as well. I don't think he'll make it. Uh, but when you start going through the list of outfielders, he's not too, too far down the list. Of, you know, some of the best offensive outfielders in the National League. All right, and then the, the third guy, Matt Olson. Um, Olson is also a guy that maybe early in June was really frustrating some Braves fans. You know, still hitting home runs, but really hitting for a low average. He was around the 220s. Well, in June, he's, he has hit 272, uh, you know, which is not an incredibly high average. It is pretty high for him, and he has a high uh, on-base percentage with that. But what we do know is he's impacting the ball big time. So 11 home runs, 25 RBIs in June for Olsen. 
uh, 24% strikeout rate, which is going to sound high. It's actually low for him. He's usually in the 30s. When he's going bad, it can get as high as 40. That's where it was early in the season. So 24% means he's making more contact. And with Olsen, he, when he makes contact, uh, he hits it hard. And and so, you know, we're just seeing that, um, seeing that from him. The most home runs, most of his home runs are from are from center field to the opposite field. And that is also a really good sign for him uh, that he's staying through the ball. Uh, he's had a couple home runs where I was impressed that it got out of the ballpark. I mean, he just shows you the kind of power he has. The, the first home run he hit last night against Miami, he had to bring his hands in and he hit it to center field. I'm like, there's no way that ball's getting out. And it did. And uh, so he is definitely locked in on a different level, totally on fire um, right now. And probably what June has done is it's turned him into all-star. I don't think he was headed there before this month. Right now he leads the National League in home runs and RBIs. He has 28 home runs. 67 RBIs. So Matt Olson um, playing great right now, and hopefully he will continue as well. So at the halfway point, just as a reminder, guys, the Braves are on pace for 108 wins. Uh, they are seven games over the Marlins. They have the lead in the National League East. They are 11 games over Philadelphia. The Marlins and Phillies actually have two of the better records in June, and they've been able to gain no ground because the Braves have played so well. And then, of course, the Mets. I just have to mention they are 18 and a half games back right now. That is just insane to think about. The, the, the Mets are only three games ahead of the Nationals uh, as we speak. Uh, so while I, I would say we probably don't have to worry about the Mets uh, this season just because of how their season has gone, we still want to at least keep an eye on the Marlins and, and the Phillies. Uh, the Braves know all too well that you have to keep your foot on the gas all the way through the season, and I'm sure they intend to do that. Um, but, you know, this team to this point, it's, you know, the pitching has certainly played a big part, and it has to in any baseball season. But it's really, the story's really been about the offense, guys, this prodigious offense. And, and just one way I wanted to highlight how good this offense has been would be to look at, um, full season projections. So here we are halfway through the year. It's really easy to do projections uh, for a full season, statistically speaking. So I'm going to do that here in a second. But, you know, we know that this team hits the ball harder and hits the ball farther than any team in baseball. I think the stat is the Braves have 18 home runs of 100 or sorry, 100, uh, 18 home runs of 450 or more feet. Uh, no other team has more than six. So that tells you uh, now Acuna is number one on the list, but they have a, several guys who've hit 450 home runs or more, right? Guys who hit the ball over 110 miles an hour um, consistently. Teams just don't do that. The Braves are more capable of hitting the ball harder and farther than any team in baseball. Uh, they have added output, uh, or sorry, this added output has coincided with better plate discipline and letting the ball travel more. So we really started to see that at the beginning of June. I remember when the when the Braves were in Arizona, you really saw a more concerted effort to hit the ball up the middle and the other way. And and every guy in the lineup started to be a little more patient at the plate. 
And all of this has coincided into, you know, this offensive onslaught. So hopefully this has been kind of a light bulb moment for the Braves and they can just continue to be um, a dominant offensive team for the rest of the season. Uh, and this is, I think, even caused their situational hitting to be a little better. Uh, I've told you guys, you know, it's really hard at this point. It's really hard to be critical of this offense that has always been the frustration. And when they're not going, uh, you know, at their highest peak of performance, the situational hitting issue is certainly a little more noticeable. Um, when you're hitting five and six home runs a game, who cares if you're, uh, if your situational hitting is all that good, but I really think the the better, uh, you know, the the better plate discipline and all that stuff really does translate in pretty much every aspect of your game offensively. Maybe I'm making it up, but it seems like they've been way better at getting single runs in as well. You know, hitting hitting some more sack flies and that sort of thing uh, to just get that extra run in at the end of an inning. Uh, so that being said, let's go through these projections and just kind of figure out where all of these guys are going to be. And I, what I wanted to do is just go through the starting lineup, uh, one through nine, and uh, go through each guy that way. So, of course, we start with Ronald Acuna Jr., uh, and we know that he's having a historic season. Um, and if <clears throat> if all of his numbers were to obviously just double, he would be at 40 home runs. 72 or sorry 74 stolen bases which is just insane to think about those two numbers together nobody has ever come close to doing that in the history of baseball uh he would also you know he's leading the league in a whole lot of different stats so i'm not going to pull all these out but the other one i just mentioned he's on pace for 148 runs scored which is also an incredible number and if he does that he is a unanimous mvp and so, you know, will he continue at this rate? I don't know. I mean, I certainly think he can. Part of me thinks he's just getting started with his home runs. Uh, he didn't have all that many in April. And I think he's really started. To, I mean, do you remember, guys, that there were some people talking about Acuna's just not lifting the ball enough? And 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 I just kept thinking it's going to come because he's going to get more and more back to that that old swing that he had. And in fact, I think he has a better swing now than he ever has. Uh, so I could actually see that home home run total be a little more than 40. Um, and every time he gets on base, he's still in a base. I mean, he is unstoppable there. So even at second, he's still in third a lot. Uh, so I, I don't see him slowing down much guys. Uh, I think he's going to have uh, at the end of the year, historic season. Uh, okay. Right now, Ozzy's hitting second a lot. So let's go to second. Uh, the second spot with Ozzy, uh, he projects at 36 home runs and 112 RBIs from uh, the second second base spot, and uh, those would both be career highs for him. You know, Ozzy is basically having an Ozzy season. He's sitting about 260. His on base percentage is, I think, like 312. Uh, are those lights out? No, but he is impacting the ball a lot. He's got not only a lot of home runs, but when you add some you know, doubles and a couple of triples into the mix. He's probably going to end up with 70 plus uh, extra base hits and probably an over 800 slugging percentage. All right. Austin Riley, you know, Riley is the guy who I think has played a little below what he's typically capable of doing. Uh, and I 
hope and expect him to have a better second half. So I think this projection is likely to get likely going to be better, but you never know. All right, so Riley right now uh, would be at 30 home runs and 86 RBIs. Again, if that's his down year, we're okay with that, right? Um, I think he's probably going to go on a tear at some point and, and get a little better than what he's been this season. Could I see him ending with 35 home runs and 100 RBIs? I think that's more likely. That's basically where he's been the last two seasons. Uh, but obviously, we'll see on that one. All right, Sean Murphy, 28 home runs, 94 RBIs. Murphy's hit a couple home runs in the last few games. So that's good to see. You know, I think it's always just challenging offensively as, as a catcher to put up huge numbers in this day and age because you're just not playing as many games. But uh, it's still Murphy is still one of the league leaders in war. You know, obviously his defense is incredible as well. So for the Braves to get anything close to 30 home runs and 100 RBIs from Murphy in a season is just awesome. He's had an awesome first season as a Brave. And I'm going to tag on Darno to this as well. Um, Darno is only projected at 12 home runs because, you know, he's only at six right now. As we all know, he missed a ton of time with that concussion. I actually am going to project him to be more like at a 15 home run by the end of the year. Uh, he's looked really good offensively lately. Um, and I think him and Murphy will continue to split the time fairly evenly. So he's going to get plenty of opportunities. Um, so I think he's going to be more like a 15 home run guy, which is still really solid. All right, uh, Matt Olson, uh, 56 home runs and 134 RBIs is what he's projected at. That's crazy numbers. Uh, it's it's awesome. I mean, we know guys that he's not going to be a high average guy, but if he continues to do what he's doing, just I mean, look out. It it's kind of hard to imagine because he's been on such a big home run tear that he's going to continue at this home run rate, but. Does he get to 50? Does he get to 130? Yeah, I mean, I think those are very reachable, and that would be uh, obviously awesome for the Braves. All right, Ozuna, 32 home runs, 74 RBIs uh, would be his numbers right now. Of course, we know he had such a terrible April, but he's been so good in May and June. If he continued that pace, then those numbers could be even better. Uh, but that's a great bounce back for him. Eddie Rosario, 28 home runs, 80 RBIs. This would be by far Eddie's best offensive season in probably three years, uh, maybe more than that. Um, so it's really encouraging to see him back after the eye issues. He's really, this is the first time he's been the old Eddie Rosario in a long time. Uh, Orlando Arcia, again, congratulations, Orlando, making the all-star team. Uh, he's on track for 12 home runs, 52 RBIs. Right now, he's hitting right around 300, so hopefully he will continue those things. He's a guy I could see dipping a little bit. Maybe he's played a little bit over, uh, over his skis in the first half of the season, but even if he ends up you know, hitting 280 with 10 home runs and 40 RBIs for the season, I'm like, that's awesome. Uh, you know, Just keep playing great uh, defense and obviously – Doing better than that would be even better, but uh, you know, it's it's everything we've gotten from Orlando has been gravy as far as I'm concerned. All right, and then of course Michael Harris hitting ninth. Now this this projection's funny because of course he missed so much time and struggled so much at the beginning of the year. If you just double his numbers, 
Harris is at 14 home runs and 44 RBIs for the year. Guys, I don't think that's possible. I, I am projecting him to be more at 20 home runs and 60 RBIs. And um, I could, I think he could even go beyond that, but you know, I want to temper my excitement of, of what I've seen from Harris lately. Like I said, he's not going to continue to hit like 370 every month, but I do think he's figured a lot of stuff out and he's just so talented guys. So I think uh, he's going to pull his weight and then some at the bottom of the order. I mean, think about that. Your nine hole hitter could have 20 home runs by the end of the season. Uh, this, this lineup, there's nowhere to go for pitchers. There's, you might have one or two guys slumping or struggling a bit at any given time. But I mean, if you go through this lineup right now, who's struggling, who's slumping? I mean, Arcia has had maybe two bad weeks. Um, but other than that, everybody's hitting right now. Uh, Ozzy's been, you know, maybe a little slowed down the last week or so, but he's done some, some good things too. Um, so yeah, I this lineup is elite. Uh, they're not; they don't have the most runs scored um, in baseball. I think there's a few teams ahead of them there, maybe at least a handful, which is hard to imagine. But I think by the end of the year, uh, they are the the best offensive team in baseball. That being said, right, it's the pitching staff, and I'm like, this might be more of the key. We know now how elite this offense is. Can the pitching staff shore up a little bit and um, really put the Braves ahead of everybody in baseball as this is the elite team in baseball? Um, you know, one really positive thing over the last week, uh, maybe, maybe even over just the last few days, is that the Braves pitching depth has really shown signs of rounding into form. So, of course, you get a good start from Colby Allard. I don't know that we can rely on him long term. Maybe so. Um, it's good. I don't know how long he's going to be needed, but to me, Michael Soroka, and I've told you this guys before is he's just a big key to this team because if he's back in any reasonable way, basically like what he showed last night, this is huge for the Braves. If he, if you can slot him into your fifth spot, basically, um, then you are golden for the rest of the year. Now that has to be tied to. Uh, the return of Max Freed, right? And at the very beginning of the season, I told you guys that Max Freed is probably the most critical piece to this team. And you might be looking at me now and being like, well, the Braves are on pace for 108 wins basically without Max Freed. Not, you know, and so that might appear that he's not important or as important, as valuable, but we know that Max Freed is the most consistent uh, pitcher the Braves have even with Strider we've seen you know some of his ups and downs this season Max Freed you know he if he comes back healthy he's a two and a half ERA guy who's going to give you a quality start almost every time out um, and if he can come back and be that ace in the second half of the season this team could just take off in a way that we've never seen a Braves team do it before uh, he's throwing bullpen sessions now. Uh, soon he's going to be going to live BP. And then eventually, if all that goes well, he can, you know, make a couple rehab starts. I don't know how, how many starts the Braves would want to give him in rehab. But but nonetheless, you know, we're talking mid-July has been the timetable this whole time. That's only a couple weeks from now. Um, 
maybe just before the all-star break, maybe just after. Um, but getting Max Freed back along with Michael Soroka being good again, I mean, that is a huge, huge bump for the Braves and their pitching staff. And, of course, all of that also impacts the bullpen, gives them a little more rest and a little more health leading into the postseason. So for a team that has a 99.9% chance of making the postseason um, and close to that of winning their division, the Braves are going to be there, guys. Um, you know, should should we count our chickens before they hatch? Maybe not. But, man, we got to feel good about this team, and we're allowed to do that for sure. So looking forward into July, I do think it's going to be a little bit more of a challenging month for the Braves. It's a bit of a tougher schedule than June was, um, but not as tough as May. So you have a showdown with Tampa Bay happening. The Braves travel to Tampa just before the All-Star break. Um, the Braves have 23 games in July, and by my count, probably 14 of those games would be against potential playoff teams. So, you know, tougher games, uh, and yet opportunity for the Braves to round into form even that much more, and uh, especially against Tampa Bay. You know, it's a good measuring stick of a series as they go in, you know, they go away to Tampa, and the race have been incredibly good at home this year. So it's a great challenge for them. So there's 12 home games and 11 away games in July. And, you know, I just say this is an opportunity for the Braves to now go and prove that you're the best team in baseball. Overtake Tampa Bay for the best record in the major leagues. You know, you win two out of three, win two out of three or sweep Tampa Bay. It's going to be a really big statement. Uh, not that the Braves need um, more confidence. I mean, if you watch them right now, they are just – so immensely confident, feeling good. I mean, going to an, a Braves game in Atlanta right now has to be a ton of fun. And that 16-4 to 4 game last night was a ton of fun to watch. So, all right, guys. Well, that is it for me. It was really good to be back with you guys. And um, I will definitely be back with you sooner than two weeks from now, as I'm not going back to Europe anytime soon. So, um, that being said, looking forward to these last two games against Miami. Just two more series leading into the All-Star break. And um, hopefully we can get a couple more Braves on the All-Star team as well. All right, guys. Well, that's it for me for State of the Braves. Oh, I did want to mention I'm now on Twitter. So you can follow me there at State O the Braves. And, uh, and of course, please continue to watch on YouTube, listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate it. All right, guys. Well, that is it. Um, and I will talk to you soon.